Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat. Broken ate a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude. Bad taste. Bad life. Bad dude. Bad breath. Bad vibes. We are live in the Ferrara Palacio, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves to roll up those spliffies of purple haze and drink a little JMO to wash it down in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, flat to flat to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess is towns of Tatum. My friends splattered all over Manhattan, should do it. Shake it up. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell with Carver High this evening. So, uh, first of all, you're doing uh, the show tomorrow night as well, Carver High? Is that what you're telling me now? That's the uh, inside skinny? Uh, That would be correct. There you go. I can see uh, you're really excited about it. Uh, So, I think this game is awesome tonight. I I think this game is awesome. Uh, This Colts-Titan game has been really good. I have to see this play, this pick in the end zone. Looked like he had his feet in. I got to see this again. Let's watch it one more time. Uh, I don't know. Oh, he's out. Great try, though. Hell of a pick, but he had one foot out. Anyway, 17-13 Titans. Uh, If you're watching this game, which I'm sure you are, Carver High, because the college football game is so bad, do you think that, in all honesty, uh, that the Colts are actually playing better than the uh, Titans, even though they're losing? Uh, I think that you could make that case. But uh, the Titans, uh, neither team has had a lot of possessions. The Titans have taken care of the ball, and they've scored when they've had it. So good job by them. I guess the uh, Colts went down the field and couldn't score on their opening possession, and that kind of really hurt them. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, 
I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here's Rivers, uh, second and goal, as the Colts are getting ready to take the lead in this game, and they just did. So uh, they score here uh, with 8.27 left in the third, and now you're starting to get uh, Pascal with the touchdown. You're starting to get the uh, vibe of why this game was uh, Indy minus one, Carver High, because we couldn't figure it out today on Coast to Coast. Why are they favored in Smashville, you know what I mean? Like, and I, it's right. like I said at the beginning of the show, they seemed to me, uh, even though they were trailing, that they were playing better. That like Rivers was playing better. I thought uh, their running back was playing better. This kid, I, I forget his name. The why? I think he's better than Taylor. Uh, Hines. This kid, Hines. I, I just think he's a he's an animal. Like the guy. Have you seen that kid? The speed and the and the runs he's had. I mean, just. Yeah. He gets Played six, really seven, well eight yards. Every, I mean, he's just all over the place. And then um, this is gonna be I, I just think Rivers. Really? Is he? Oh, his elbow yeah, was down? His elbow was down. This is going to be third and goal from the one. Yeah, they're going to score. So you can feel it, can't you? You know it's going to happen, right? So I just feel like everything about the game has, you know, the first uh, possession, they marched down the field. And I, you know, they didn't score whatever. And, and uh, that, that, you know, they were negative and bummed out about that, obviously. But at the end of the day, uh, Rivers has 254 yards and a touchdown. Tannehill's got 99 yards and a touchdown. And then Hines has 61 yards. Henry has 51 yards. And I mean, I just think that everything about their, um, you know, they're just better. 20 to 14 in first downs. Uh, they've gained 322 yards to 156. They've had twice as many plays, 53-25. They've had more drives, uh, same yards per play, 243 yards uh, passing to 99, as I mentioned. They've thrown it 34 times to 13 for Tennessee. It's like um, they've outrushed them 79-57. I mean, you know, the one thing that they've done poorly is all the penalties, six for 38, one for five yards for Tennessee. And they've and the Colts have had 22 minutes of possession to 14 for the Titans. So is that not a litany of reasons right there? Just all of the stats from this game through, you know. The middle of the third quarter that. Carver High, they've dominated the game in every facet. And, you know, obviously it's third and and one or third and goal from the one. But they have, and if they get in, they'll take the lead. And at some point, you just have to say they deserve the lead because they've played better than the Titans. 
No, you're absolutely right. And the, the one thing that stuck out to me was they let Rivers throw for over 200 yards in the first half, which, um, yeah. you know, they just moved the ball up and down the field. But the other side of it is, as you know, as few possessions as they've had, the Titans have scored when they've had the ball too. You know, they have. So I think that there's still a lot of life left in this game, and they did call that back. So third and goal now uh, from, like, about the half-yard line, one-yard line for the Colts here. We'll see if they get it in. So they took the Pascal touchdown off the board, and your boy Taylor just gets stuffed at the one. It'll be fourth and goal from the one. For the Colts here, right? Scotty. It's fourth and goal from the one, so I'm I'm surprised. It, it's interesting to me, uh, to be honest with you. Why did they bring him in for that run when the other guy's been so much better than him? Hines has taken his job. That that's yeah. Now I know why, because you know we've been talking about it on coast to coast for the last couple of days. What is the reason why the Colts don't hammer Taylor, and why do they use three backs? And what they're I've seen tonight it. is they're not they're not using three backs. They're using Hines and Taylor, and they're using Hines primarily. And now, on this play, I guess they oh. still have Taylor back there. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. Uh, so they got stopped on fourth down. You got to be kidding me. That, that is what gigantic. And that that was the third back. That wasn't even that was Wilkins. That's the that third back. Wilkins. That's the first time I've seen that that they've used all three. So they are using all three backs. But I think that, in essence, what I've seen is is that I think Taylor's got his job taken from him. I think Hines is better. I mean, he looks better. He looks faster. He's gaining uh, yards in bulk. I think he, you know, the guy will run and get seven, eight, nine yards every time he touches it. And then Taylor doesn't. Now, they're going to sell you that Taylor had this huge pile drive. Uh, yes, I you know, saw that. <laughs> Remember he ran over the guy and yeah, like Buck, just... Buck and Aikman got all all hyped up about that when the guy hit him and he spun out of it and then gained an extra six yards. Right. So that was I can't even believe they didn't score there. I thought they were going in for sure. When it was remember it was like second down at the three. I'm like, they're going in. And then I said they just took the lead on the Pascal. I didn't know his elbow was down. And then they don't score on third and fourth down. That is gigantic. Do you think that that will be the the key to the game? That that yes. stop right there will be the difference in this game. Yes, I do. I I think that that is a game changer, especially if the Titans hold on to the ball for a little while here, maybe go on a long drive, even drive the length of the field and score. Uh, and Henry already has them a first down after being backed up uh, in their own goalpost. So uh, if the Titans move here, this is definitely a game changing type of play. That fourth down stop. It really was. Uh, the other uh, game that I, I was interested in oh, tonight, uh, at, at least during the show. Don't even get me started. How, how about this? Like, did I not say today? And, you know, obviously I'm going to get that uh, spread wrong. But I said, look, one of two things are going to happen here. A, they're going to come off of that BYU ass beating and they're going to put it on Colorado State to take it out on them. Like, that they're going to... They're going to get it right this week by taking it out on them, and they're just going to beat them senseless. Or it's going to be uh, that the Boise State's posers, like Ohio is, and that Central Michigan beat them, and then they went out and they could barely beat Akron. So I just don't think they're a good football team this year, Ohio. From what I've seen, they look real average. 
And I said, Frank Solich always is a really good team in the Mac, and they just blow out teams like Akron left and right. But then I said, it reminds me of Boise State. Boise's got their ass beat, and then how are they going to respond? Are they going to pull at Ohio and not cover, but they'll win? And uh, either that or they're going to blow them out. And obviously, they're blowing out Colorado State. It's 42 to 14. I don't know. There's it's early in the third. I mean, there's tons it, of time it, left. Yeah. They're going to put 60 on them. Well, I, I was uh, very interested in this game. I have a couple things going on in it. But in the first half, Boise State had three, count them, three blocked kicks returned for touchdowns. Three special teams touchdowns blocking Colorado State kicks. So um, they've done it in all facets of the field here tonight. Uh, Colorado 42, State 14. just scored. Yes, so 42-14 now. now. Oh, is it really? 42-21. Yeah, they scored well, again. And the reason why that's big for me is I played the Colorado State uh, team total over 22-and-a-half. So I need one more score from Colorado State, any kind of score now, the rest of the game, and uh, and we'll be in good shape here. So you over 22-and-a-half. For Colorado State I played, yes. So you need them to score anything, a field goal, anything, a safety, anything. anything. Yep, anything works for me now. And I got uh, basically the <laughs> entire the question, second half I, to do it. I hope you're. Uh, I hope you hit, obviously, but I, I don't. <laughs> you can't guarantee that they will. Now remember here, though, this is and and the other thing that I played is already dead. I played the kid O'Brien, the quarterback, to go over 268 yards, but they pulled him after the first half, and they put it the, when they were down 42 to seven, and they put this other kid in. Oh, so the oh the Colorado State. Uh, yeah, so I'm done so with that I, one. All right, I don't know if you just saw this, but Daniel, the punter for uh, the Titans, just shanked the punt. Ah, uh, and I mean he he changer. literally, I don't know how far it went, but it looked like it it, it may have gone ten yards. <laughs> he just absolutely shanked it. I mean, shankopotamus. It went right off the side of his foot. I, when I saw the punt, I just saw it going straight right, like right out of bounds, hit some guy's head. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. First thing, goal again for the Colts. They're down at the two once again. This is not a replay. Uh, what happened was is that the punter for the Titans, Shankopotamus, the guy literally uh, punted the ball off the side of his foot, and it went like 10 yards. So when he was deep in his own end, he had to punt the ball out, and he shanked it, and it went to like the 20. They had first down at the 20, and they moved it right down to the two. 
in like two plays. They threw a pass to Pittman. He got down to the two. It's second and goal. You have got to be kidding me that they get down to the two-yard line uh, twice within five minutes, and uh, they're going to struggle again and not get in. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Here's Hines. He's going to score. Boom. Done. He's in. There's no questions asked now. And once again, it's the guy uh, that scores his second touchdown of the game. And I'm telling you, without a doubt, he's taken Taylor's job. That's it. I mean, and blame that on the punter of the uh, Titans, Daniel, with his shank uh, off the side of his foot. And it gives the Colts a ball back at the 20, 25-yard line. They moved right in. So you cannot make that mistake. I mean, that is just a grievous error by the special teams of the Titans, and they've lost the lead now. And uh, if they get the extra point, it'll be 20 to 17. Now, this guy, what's his name? Blackenship, the kicker for the Colts. Do you just want to punch him in the face with those nerdy glasses he wears? Yeah, those, <laughs> I mean, are, those, are, those are old school. What are those things? What is that like? Guy needs from specs, man. He's got to he's got to see what he's doing. He needs the specs. We can't get this kid some contacts or something. Ah, uh, you know, that's... he wants to roll with those gigantic like Listen, Kurt Rambis glasses. If he can actually kick it better with those, then you you wear them. All right, we're not out here for uh, style points. We're out here to make kicks. Do you think that he should uh, wear those out on a date or something? Well, that might be a different story. I don't know if he wants to do that, but um, for kicking field goals, whatever's going to help you see those yellow posts the best. Like, I, I, now I'm not one to talk. I got the glasses on right now. People can uh, actually see them if they're watching on our uh, Sports Grid YouTube page. But do you believe that uh, I would look good kicking in a game with these on? I would think not. If I was the punter or the kicker, uh, you know what I mean? The uh, right. glasses, just, I don't, I, I've never liked the guy in the helmet with big glasses. So you don't, you don't, you don't wear any kind of glasses or spectacles when you play basketball. No glasses. No. You don't, you don't wear the no. Kirk Rambis glasses. You just put the contacts in. I don't wear anything. No contacts, nothing. no glasses, no nothing. I just play without uh, anything. I, you know, I have all kinds of uh, vision problems. I have uh, distance problems. I have mid-range problems, and I have uh, reading problems. So what that equates to is the failure of my body and my eyes to adapt to aging. So what happened was, when I was a kid, I had uh, bad glass. Uh, uh, you know, I had to wear glasses. I had bad eyes, right? So I got glasses when I was in like, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade, something like that. And I ended up, you know, I could see great with the glasses. One thing leads to another. And uh, at one point or another, I got LASIK. And uh, it was when I was doing the Thrashers, right? So I was the Thrashers play-by-play guy in the NHL in Atlanta in their expansion year. And, And one of the sponsors was some LASIK place. And they did the surgery on my eyes. and um. I went from having bad eyes to having 20-20 vision. I had perfect vision, right, after this surgery, uh, the LASIK surgery. And suddenly I didn't have to wear glasses anymore and I could see perfect. Little did I know that the doctor didn't inform me that, um, like, you know, whatever it was, uh, 10 years later, 15 years later, so that, like, 
when I was, I guess I did that when I was about 30. And then when I was about 45, uh, it all wore off. And I absolutely had um, bad vision again. And not only did I have bad vision again, so I had this surgery, right? And I had perfect vision. And then all of a sudden, 15 years later, 12, 15 years, my bad vision came back. And not only did it come back, but it came back in spades. Not, not only was I, uh, I couldn't see far before. When it came back, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see far away, mid-range, mid-range meaning like five feet away from me on a computer or something like that, or a TV 10 feet away from me. I consider long distance like driving, right? Or going to the movies, right? But mid-range is right in front of you, like watching television in the family room. I can't even see that. Then I can't read because you get old, you can't read, right? So literally you go out to dinner and you can't read the menu. You can't even, I mean, you can't even think of reading it or the newspaper or anything else. Uh, Do people know what newspapers are, Carver High? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I can't read a phone. I can't read anything. So I I literally cannot read a phone, right? I can't see anything. So uh, at this point in my uh, elder years of double nickels, I just literally wear glasses all the time. And I don't wear them when I play basketball. And one of the reasons is because um, my J is so sickening that I don't need glasses. Wherever I let it fly, it goes in. It just doesn't matter what I'm looking at. My J is so clean that I score so much from everywhere that it doesn't matter if I have glasses or not. Just when I let it fly, I'm like downtown Freddie Brown. I'm like your boy George Gervin. It just, I let it fly and it goes in. Jack Sigma style, son. I just start popping from everywhere. And it goes down. So I, I it's the weirdest thing because I guess when I'm playing basketball, I can see everybody. I just, um, I'm not, you know, watching TV or driving or, or reading. So I just need the ball. Give me the ball and then watch what happens. And that's the end of it. So I do have vision problems. Like if I took my glasses off right now, I can see the game, but I, it's, uh, I can't like read who the players are. You know what I mean? So I'd have to have the glasses on to be able to see who got the ball. Like uh, who the player is, I can see that I can see everything. I just can't read their their names or anything like that. So here's the Colts defense stopping the Titans. And here's the thing: is that um, I said this today on Coast to Coast. I'm worried about the Colts defense because I think they have a way better defense than the Titans. Would you agree with that, Carver High? Yes, I would. And now a real turn. Oh, they blocked him. Blocked the punt. For a touchdown, this guy Daniel is he like the punters costing him the game. Wow. Like, are you kidding me that this just happened? You got to be kidding me that this guy two in a row. Like, who do you blame for that? Do you blame the line or do you blame Daniel? I blame number 46 right there who just let the guy blow right by him. It's hard. I mean, it's not like he held the ball. He, He had no time. I mean, the line got absolutely blown up. No what shot, in yeah. God's name just happened? That guy's speed went right through the line and, and blocked that. He ate that uh, Daniel alive, that block that's, punt. That's a rough couple minutes for Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's having a, <laughs> a rough third quarter for Daniel. He's having a bad night. Now they're down 10. Yeah, and, and now they got I, and, and And here's what them being down 10 does now, Scotty. 
it takes away the ability, you know, if you're down one score, you could still stick with your game plan, which is mostly trying to run Derrick Henry, trying to do things like that. Now you're down two scores. You're getting into the fourth quarter soon. You kind of got to abandon, uh, you know, for the most part, you got to get to throwing the football now. You need to score yeah. and you need to score quickly. And that kind of takes Henry out of the equation a little. It sure does. And then you're going to have to see if uh, Tannehill can actually produce throwing the ball. Uh, and he hasn't thrown the ball all night because the Colts defense is too strong at stopping a run, stopping a pass. And now they're special teams twice in a row. The Titans fail with the punt, the shank punt, and then their uh, front line just got eaten alive. I don't blame Daniel for that block punt. I blame the line because that guy's speed went right through untouched and blocked it. I mean, no one even uh, laid a finger on him. So it is what it is. And uh, the, they just lost the game right there. You don't seriously think they're coming back in this game, do you? That, that game just ended I, right I mean, there. I, I think that if, if the Titans can get a touchdown on this drive after it and make it a field goal game again, then, yeah, you're back in the mix. But if they get another quick three and out here, yeah, I think the game's over. I mean, the last time they had the ball, they had a three and out. They can't do anything against that Colts defense. And uh, do you remember when the total was uh, 82 for Henry running the ball? I don't think he's getting that, is he? Yeah, he's close. Um, I played it. Uh, he has about 71, 72. So he needs a little over 10 yards to hit it. Now, I know I said they're going to abandon the run game. That doesn't mean he's not going to get another carry the rest of the night. It just means that they're going to be more leaning towards the passing game. I'm obviously hoping that Henry gets another 10 or 12 yards, whatever he needs to get over that 81 and a half. He's got 71 right now. So I need 11 yards. 11 yards. So, and now they have to throw the ball. Do you think, do you, do you think he gets it or? You just want him to get it, but do you think he'll get it? <laughs> I do, because 10 isn't a lot, and, and even though they're going to be throwing the ball more, there's going to be spots where they're going to run Henry. I mean, they have taken over this game in the third quarter, literally, haven't they? They have literally just said, you know what, we're winning tonight. And then, because we talked about it on Coast to Coast, if the Colts, how do they win two of the three? Because they're playing them again in two weeks. So they're playing the Titans, uh, after they play the Packers and they're playing them in, in Indy. So now that they are going to, it looks like, you know, right now that, that they might win this game tonight. If they win tonight, then I have no reason to believe maybe Green Bay can beat them, but they might win all three games. All right, for all on the bench, later our uh, boy Joe Lisi will join us uh, to talk college football. Are there any college football games left on the board <laughs> for Saturday? Carver, is there any games? Um, I think there's still a few that are scheduled, but man, this has been a tough week. Uh, in terms of you know, in terms of college football, this has been the worst week, right, Scotty? Because you. You had all the SEC games. Uh, today you also had Georgia Tech and Pitt. We've got Ohio State and Maryland. 
You got a lot of smaller games as well. Uh, I know that what the the naval, you know, all the navy games. It seems like the last two weeks have been whacked. Uh, the air force games. So um, a lot of college football games have been canceled, slashed, postponed uh, this weekend. But there's still there's the one good you know thing about college football. There's so many games every week that even though we've lost a few, we've still got a lot to get through. So uh, just so uh, we're clear, uh, Georgia, Missouri. Monroe and Arkansas State, Ohio State, Maryland, A&M, Tennessee, Rice, Louisiana Tech, Memphis, Navy, Auburn, Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Air Force, Wyoming are all toast. And I don't care if you use the word canceled or postponed. I don't care what you use. They're not playing. That's all that matters is that uh, they're not going to play at all. There's your over. He just ran the ball 15, 20 yards. So Derrick Henry just went over right there. That's a winner. A winner, baby. You love those winning bets. So what did you think of your boy, Freddie Freeman, and Jose Abreu getting the MVPs tonight in baseball? Yeah, um, Freddie Freeman, really good season. Um I can't argue with either of the choices. Abreu was a little, um, I know that that's probably one a lot of people wouldn't have picked before the season, right? Even the, you know, definitely a long season or a short 60 game season. I don't think Jose Abreu is the first name that would have came to mind in terms of AL MVP, but uh, played really well for the White Sox. Uh, There wasn't anybody else in the AL that really stood out. Um, You know, Ramirez and LeMahieu were the other finalists, but uh, I think that they gave it to the right guy, and same thing with the with Freeman. Freeman had a mo- monster year. Um, Betts was second, I believe, but uh, Freeman very deserving. Scotty, did you think uh, did you think that Lemayhu was better than Abreu? Uh, Abreu only the fourth player in baseball history to lead the AL in hits and RBIs, led yeah, well, uh, baseball in RBIs and total bases, and uh, led the AL in hits and slugging percentage. So I guess. So what did uh, LeMahieu just add? He, he had the best batting average? Yes, he did. He had the best batting average. But Abreu's numbers are way better. Yeah, I mean, and look, you, there's a lot of people who you could make the argument, why are we even giving out these full season awards for a 60-game season? Right? I, I mean, like a Cy Young award. I mean, what these guys make who won the Cy Young award? 10 starts, 11 starts? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it is a little little cheapened per se, but... Um, they, Hey, guys got it. Bowers, a Cy Young winner and Shane Bieber and Jose Abreu gets the MVP. 60 games are 160 or 160. Oh, there's the flag out of bounds. Did you see the late hit on Tannehill? That's a, that's a cheap shot out of bounds. That's That's automatic. You got a 10 point lead. You can't make mistakes like that. You're getting the Titans a little closer to making this, you know, one score game now. So Freddie Freeman actually had a he blew everyone out of the waters. He blew out Mookie Betts and Manny Machado. I mean, literally blew them out in the voting. I mean, like it was like I can't as usual, I can't read it because it's too small. But I, I don't want to open it up because it took me five minutes to open it up. It leads me into some world I don't want to go in. It takes me to like three other websites. I don't care. But I think it was like 410 to 268 to 221. He blew him out. Freddie Freeman, your boy. Ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> have to be proud. Proud of Freddie. <laughs> we can and give started, a rat's and, ass and he Freddy. started and he started the season with COVID. Remember when they started the training camp and he That's right. He had the bad bout of COVID uh, before yeah, hey. before the season started. <laughs> Have you ever seen his kid hit a baseball with that wiffle ball in the? Yes. Did you see him in the conference room yes. jacking shots off the I wall? I did see that. Oh, here's your it, boy throwing uh, incomplete passes here. I, do you think? I have a feeling the Colts are going to stop him down here. Really? The, they're not going to score. They're going to get a field goal at best. And I'll tell you what, that Gustowski, I don't trust him for a minute. <laughs> He's a train wreck. He used to be good. Remember when he was with the pass and he was winning Super Bowls and, and going to the Pro Bowl? He He's nowhere near any of that anymore. He's been, uh, you know, senior shankopotamus. He's missed so many kicks. But they're in the red zone now, and it's second and ten. They got to get a touchdown here. So they Henry give it to the big Rumble. fella. Look at him get the first down, Henry. Uh, flag oh, as always. flags. Oh, flag no. always. Back Holding. it up. How do you screw uh, that up? They're just like, they just want to lose, apparently. Maybe that's awesome. it. Maybe they maybe they just want to lose. You knew that was coming, right? Automatic. So let me ask you this question. When I was doing the show today and when I was doing it last night, I was talking about Bauer and Lindor. Do you think that Cohen has the stones to go sign both of those guys for the Mets? And and I hate the Mets, but let's face facts. He said he's going to spend uh, top market, big market money. He bought the team for $2 billion. He's worth $14 billion. He's going to turn that team. By the time he sells that team one day, it'll be worth $6, 7000000000 billion, right? So uh, he bought it for two. He's going to turn it into, you know, maybe $10 billion by the time he sells it, if he ever sells it. The guy might own it till he's dead. Who knows? Yeah. But, do you think that he's going to live up to it? Like, he has to. He's come out bragging that he's he's going to spend money, and he said, I want to win the World Series in three years. They cannot win the World Series with what they have now because what they have now is DeGrom and, and Pete Alonso, and that's it, right? Like, what right. else do they got? But if no, they got – well, go yeah, ahead. Uh, what I'm else with, do they got? Uh, no, that, listen, they have a couple of, you know – Nice offense, you know. McNeil's a good player. They have a couple of decent players, but I I think that um, he's going to do these things that you talked about. I mean, I don't think he was all fluff and and uh, you know balloons and a party the other day on his little Zoom call where he got the fans all excited. I think that he will um, spend money and he is going to turn them into um, more of a player uh, in free agency and things like that. And Lindor, they have some pieces that. You know, they could deal for Francisco Lindor and then pay him afterwards. That's not going to be a problem for Cohen now. So if the Mets can make a couple of moves like that, um, hey, they're they're back in the mix. And sure enough, this guy, you said it, uh, he stinks. This guy absolutely stinks. He missed it. Did I call that or what? He missed it. He missed it. He stinks. He's terrible, Gustowski. He's absolutely terrible now. I can't even believe they haven't cut him because he's missed so many field goals with the Titans. This guy's career is over, and it's you're watching it before your very eyes that he's finished. He's absolutely amateur hour now. He has no professional kicking capabilities whatsoever anymore in his foot. You see him miss kicks all the time. If you looked up his stats this year, 
I guarantee you'd see all these misses. It's embarrassing. He's been awful. Like that and was all an his easy misses hit. are, he are less it. than fifty. It's like he's hit all the ones over fifty, and he misses all the ones from like thirty-five to forty-five. Like it's, it's amazing. It really is. So, and so that was the game right there, right? He just they just yeah, lost. Yeah, I mean, ten points now. The Colts are going to get the ball back, and they've moved the ball all night long. That's going to be a tough hill for the Titans to, uh, to climb now. All right. So going back to that conversation. So uh, Strowman, he basically missed the season, right? He, yes. he's got, he's got potential to be good. I'm not going to sit here and act like he's done anything uh, that dramatic in Toronto, right? So I didn't think any of it was that overwhelming. And then you know he somehow gotten to this point where he's allegedly this great pitcher, and I, I don't believe that for a minute at this point. But I think he's got potential to be good because he does have some decent stuff, right? And he can he can definitely bring it. So I think he's a huge key to this. I know they picked up his 18 million, whatever, and he's staying with the Mets. Yeah. They offered him the qualifying and he accepted it. So. Right. So I think he should, you know, he, he missed the season, so he was worthless. He has to be a key cog in the wheel for this team to be good. I think they need to have... DeGrom doing what he does normally. They have to have Syndergaard back healthy, and they have to have Stroman pitching well. I don't believe in Mats or any of the rest of them. I think they're all bums. But if they got Bauer and they had, you know, honestly, if they had DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, and Bauer, even if they didn't get Lindor, if they had those four pitchers, right? Would yeah. you think that they're they're a dangerous team with those four pitchers if healthy? If those because uh, Stroman Stroman never stayed healthy for five minutes, and yeah. neither did Syndergaard. If they had those four pitch the season, and and let's say they each went to the IL once, right? You know, because I don't think any of them can go the whole stretch and pitch every five days the whole summer. At some point, they're going to sit down. But do you think that they'd be a World Series contender with those four if relatively healthy? I think that they're definitely a playoff team, World Series contender. I They still have so many problems in the bullpen, and you see it now with all these teams that make the World Series, whether it be the Rays, the Dodgers, all that. You need to have several arms that you can go to um, in that pen. Now, when you talk about guys like DeGrom and Bauer, those are guys that don't want to, you know, don't want the manager coming out to get them after the fourth and fifth inning, those are guys that you can rely on to pitch deep into games, but you still need a couple of decent arms in that pen. And the Mets bullpen has been probably their biggest problem uh, the last uh, right, two, right. three, four years. So they need to fix that up as well. But if they didn't get Lindor and they added Bauer and you had those guys and Syndergaard is healthy, and I don't know if they'd have him exactly at the beginning of the year, but at some point they'll get him back. I did see some video of him today throwing without his shirt on. Uh, that circulated throughout the internet uh, quickly. Thor was uh, uh, tweeting at the new Met owner Cohen, uh, you know, showing how he's uh, working out and he's getting ready to go. So, uh, but they they still need some bullpen help too to be a world. What exactly? Series what exactly was his injury again? Did he have Tommy John? Uh, I believe he did. Yes, I'll double check. So, here. so let me ask you this question: uh, The Yankees now that. Uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu has turned down uh, the Yankees' qualifying offer. Uh, he's going to hit the open market. Do you think that they're still going to sign him? I do. 
I, I think that they will still find a way to sign LeMahieu. You know, the qualifying offer is most guys do decline it. Um, the you know because they know that they're going to get the the big long term deal on the market. You know, the reason why a guy like Stroman accepts it is because he didn't pitch last year. And he's not going to get $18.9 million anywhere else. Uh, so he's got to take the 18, and he'll prove it this year with the Mets. DJ's going to get a fat deal, and I think the Yankees are going to give it to him. They, they, he's provided for them the last few years, and they'll pay him for that. So uh, Rivers has moved the Colts down to the 10-yard line. This game's this over. This game's over. It's so over. It's not even funny. There's, there's 11 minutes left in the game, and they're now shredding the Titans in Nashville. And they're going to they're gonna add to this. I'll be surprised if they don't get more here. And uh, I knew they weren't scoring on that Colts defense. They weren't scoring a touchdown. And I even said Gostowski will miss the kick because he's awful. They got to get rid of Gostowski. He sucks so bad. It's not even funny. I just can't even believe how bad they look tonight, to be honest with you. So they scored the Colts, and now it's 34-17, a total blowout in Nashville. I didn't see that coming at all, Carver High. I really didn't. But uh, I said to you uh, at uh, coming out of the halftime that they're dominating the game. Every single facet of the game they dominated. I mean, I went down the, the laundry list. I won't do it again. So uh, it's just been total. Uh, they pushed them around, and uh, their defense is solid. Uh, when you look at that team, because they're going to catch them now, right, in the division. They'll be in first. So they're a playoff team, in my view, without a doubt. And because of that defense, that's why they're uh, so good. I, I think the Colts' defense is legit. I think their defense, um, you know, from what I've seen, I'll be honest with you, I think their defense is better than the Bills' defense. I think the Bills defense has taken a step back this year compared to last year, right? I thought I thought last year, and you've you've gone down the the list of guys that left, Shaq and the rest of them, right? So yeah. I think their defense lost like you told me like three key pieces left that defense. And Correct. what happened is is that I think the Colts are better, and I think the Steelers defense has been better. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that the Chiefs defense is great. And I, I, I'm not a buyer that they're, that they're great. I also, I don't think that the Ravens defense is great, if you will. But I, I do think that that Colts defense, now look, Henry still did his thing tonight. He's still, you know, around 100 yards, whatever it is. But, uh, they came up with all the stops when, when it mattered. You know what I mean? Like, they may have let him have a hundo, but they made all the stops that mattered. When, when, it, when it was third and short, fourth and short, whatever, they, they stopped him every time. That defense is legit. And uh, I think that's why they're a playoff team. And Rivers tonight showed me uh, for the first time that he still got it. I mean, you give that guy time, he can crucify you. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.